The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. Um, I'm Mike Taylor from the band Terminal Bliss, and you are listening to Radioactive Metal. Welcome to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a blissful episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 644, and I'm Snowy White. And I'm Aaron, and dear listeners, the U.S. is essentially under snow. There are only four states where it didn't snow, and we're also guessing Hawaii, but nobody's sure. Because, you know, it's anybody's guess right now. It's it's apocalyptic times. If you watch Ghostbusters, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. But you know what's not hysterical? Your love for coffee. Well, you could be hysterical if you don't get coffee, which is why you should go to truecalltrvekvltcoffee.com today and subscribe so you never run out of coffee. Never have a reason to, you know, go hysterical, get hysterical. And the best part is during times like this, I mean, you know, you just need to put a pentagram on the floor, a few candles, and you just sum it right up. Like, that's how you do it, right? Mm-hmm. That's how Snowy Brood is today. So, that's right. you know, like, like it always gets through. <laughs> Sometimes I can't even keep a straight face when I do this stuff. But <clears throat> anyway... True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com, the hottest, blackest, most metal coffee out there. You're not going to find anything tastier, more fun. Um, there's a new flavor out, and for the life of me, I can't remember it. But, uh, you know, Coffee Bean Occulta, he really takes his coffee seriously. Like, mm-hmm. like he's like borderline coffee snob, in my opinion. Um, cause we get, but that's, that's what I want, right? Because I grew up with Folgers, nothing against Folgers, right? Nothing against Maxwell house, the good to the last drop, the best part of waking up. I get it, but true cult coffee, 
is like having a, oh, I'm going to really sound pretentious, but like a microbrew beer or like, you know, a craft beer versus Budweiser. There's a difference, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, there's a taste difference and there's nothing wrong with liking Folgers, right? If that's your jam, no judgment here. But if you're ready for the blackest, hottest, most metal coffee, truecallcoffee.com. Possess yourself a cup today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if your last episode, okay, as we speak, we had that amazing chat with uh, Mr. Sean Frazier from Decibel Magazine, from Dead from Decibel Magazine, and Wise Blood Records, where he put over Mr. Occult uh, something fierce as well, because just for all of the work that Wise Blood is doing with True Cult and who are connected to Radioactive Metal and Decibel, Decibel Magazine's in there and all that. It's just like, it's, it really is, you know, as we heard throughout, throughout that interview last week, it really is just this really strong, heart heartfelt, you know, and very passionate community that we have, you know, within the metal world what snowy calls fun world and 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 all of that so yeah yeah so true cobalt coffee kvlt trve kvlt coffee.com you're going to want to check that out and of course with every um you know with the stuff with in the middle of every month you know, they also offer up free music. I forgot about that. I can't right, remember right. say that. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, which of course, the good folks at Wise Blood Records last month um, set some True Cult Coffee subscribers up with the uh, Mother of Graves EP available now as well. And when we get into some uh, mandatory metal by true sponsored by true cobalt coffee soon enough we're going to get into some more tunes that are heavily connected between wise blood and true cobalt but before we get into that okay i want to give a big horns up and a big shout out to um, our good buddy, our co-hostess, you know, kind of up in the air as to what she's doing right now because she's got a lot on her plate and hasn't been able to join us for a while. But we want to say hello to our good buddy, Sky, and another really good friend of the show, Chelsea. Okay, up here in Winterpeg, <laughs> okay, which that's a... <laughs> You know, that's that's an ongoing joke. But this year it's been, you know, it's been relevant more than ever because today we are just getting out of out of a cold snap. Okay, just just now I was I, I wasn't even able really until the other day to go to record shops. It was just it's minus 40. It's minus 50. You know, so, the- that officially <laughs> means it was cold enough that hell froze over. It did. <laughs> because that's the only way you're not going to a record shop. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Like, there have been, like, I have time in the mornings, you know, to, to hit the record shop before going to work and all that. But it's like minus 40, minus 50. Uh, I don't think so. No, no, no. So if that's keeping me, you know, away from my musical fix, my mental fix, 
Okay, then you obviously know that it is really cold. So, with that in mind, our good buddy Sky, she had the awesome, awesome, brilliant idea of opening up the Bulldog Event Center to some of the homeless, you know, in That's the area. Awesome. It is, it is. Like, obviously, no, no, no shows are going on right right now so the event center is basically empty and if you're tuning in for the first time because you know you're digging the new terminal bliss record what the bulldog event center is it's this awesome venue here in winnipeg that sky and her dad and her family they all kind of run this amazing place but it's been empty now for a while due to the whole pandemic and all that so she came up with the idea of let's open it up she put the word out for volunteers to come down and help i wish i could have made my way down myself i just had too many factors against that but they were looking for people to donate you know sleeping bags coffee food supplies and the winnipeg punk community because that's who she knows most okay really stepped up to help out in this. Okay, that's one of the things that kind of good gnaws me about normies, probably more than anything else, is how punks and metalheads are evil. They well, look we scary. We're totally well, <laughs> evil and scary. <laughs> very evil, very <laughs> scary, you know. And look at what, you know, the, the Winnipeg punk community did you know, for the rest of the Winnipeg community, for those definitely in need, you know, during this really cold time. So what I did to say thank you and to show the world, you know, just all the great work that Sky and Chelsea did is they, uh, one of the local TV news, you know, stations came down, did a little bit of coverage for all of their fine work. So I grabbed the audio from that. Before we get on with the grunt here, we're going to play it. So obviously our longtime listeners, our regular listeners will hear Sky's voice again. Say hello to my good buddy Chelsea and thank you for all you did. And horns up, lady. As temperatures plunge, people from across the province are stepping up and reaching out to those living on the streets. And as CTV's Tria Israel reports, volunteers are getting creative to shelter people from the cold. This pool table has been transformed into a sorting table for donations. A Main Street music venue is now a temporary warming center, offering refuge from the relentless cold. One Facebook status just snowballed into this huge thing. Now we have a room full of stuff and upwards of a dozen people here at night just having somewhere safe and warm to be. In the deep freeze, it's the city's homeless who have been frozen out with shelters at limited capacity and fewer places to go because of COVID restrictions. So Chelsea Smith and Skyver Crazy opened the doors of the Bulldog Event Center and put out a call for donations. Bedding, masks, and winter coats to help people like Carol Belfour, a single mother originally from the Norway House. Um, right now, it's COVID, it's, it's hard being away from family. Because 
of COVID, the stage has been empty for months. Lucrezia says she was given the green light to reopen, but is putting it off. We've already waited so long. <laughs> we could wait another week or two. It's not going to kill us. Um, but unfortunately, everybody else can't wait. It is about 10 to 12 vehicles coming, and they're all full of donations. Terry Riley and Megan Kingsland couldn't wait either. I'm seeing them, like, on the ground sleeping like that. It's just... It's, it's awful, and nobody should have to sleep on the ground. And I, I just think that they need to do more to open up more of the shelters or even some of the churches. It's a life and death situation. The best friends have coordinated convoys of volunteers coming in from Selkirk, delivering truckloads of firewood, warm clothes, and hot meals. We have a food truck that is coming with us that we're going to take over, and they're going to park by the areas like Thunderbird House and Native Solo Mission and, and everywhere where everybody can come and get a, a free hot meal. The Army of Volunteers is also handing out bag lunches, which include handwritten notes from students at Centennial School in Selkirk. Part of a community outreach, offering some protection from the cold and compassion in the pandemic. Taria Isri, CTV News, Winnipeg. So as you may recall, all of this wicked chat last week, you know, about the connections between True Cobalt Coffee and Wise Blood Records and all that, I dropped the name Grave Ripper. It's a new signing. They're going to be putting out their debut full length with Wise Blood soon enough, hopefully sooner than later. But Mr. Frazier, you know, put out the word in advance, the wicked demo from one Grave, Rip, Grave Ripper. And, of course, I name-dropped them. I said, okay, this is an absolutely amazing band, really digging them. And this actually could part be a part of my metal fix, obviously, but I thought it was more apropos that we tap Grave Ripper... For this week's mandatory metal, here, here. courtesy of the good folks at A True Cobalt Coffee. So without further ado, this is Grave Ripper with a swift kick to the teeth. Yeah. 
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, dude, I got a, I got a let me go in here in my Ozzy Osbourne mug, and I'm eager to hear all about your metal fix. Dude, I've had a lot going on this week, but first, since you're talking about uh, a let me in your Ozzy Osbourne mug, um, Guinness beer, right? And for anyone who remembers Kareen, it's a favorite of hers, and Kareen mm-hmm. and I would Im- imbibe in Guinness here and enjoy it. Um, but Guinness put out this special like whiskey bay whiskey barrel aged beer, right? Which is what um Dragon's Milk does. Uh, I, oh, I, I okay. couldn't couldn't think of it for a second there. But um and so like it's a higher alcohol volume. And you know, Dragon's Milk, the other ones I've had, they're like they're tart, right? It's it's like literally having whiskey in your beer. This Guinness is so darn smooth. I'm like, is it really aged? And I'm checking the alcohol by volume and it's supposed to be higher. I'm like, have I just worn my taste buds down that bad? Like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm really digging that. But musically, all right, man, here's the stuff going on. So Chuck Berry, Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I all probably right. should. Dude, you should absolutely check it out, right? It was made around his 60th birthday. And if we could all be in that good of shape when we're 60, that's something. Uh, but it was a... Uh-huh. Um, it was a it was a heck of a movie, and I've also started reading a book about it. It's kind of going behind the scenes, and you find out like how difficult Chuck was to work with. You know, now when I say that, like it's really it wasn't unwarranted. I mean, he he, he was brutal. Like every day he renegotiated his contract every single day. <laughs> you know, they it, they mm-hmm. be like, okay, Chuck, you're gonna show up here tomorrow. I'm like, oh sure. Next morning, no, Chuck, phone rings. Okay, we have to negotiate. Chuck, we had a contract. No, that was yesterday's contract. We need to negotiate today's. <laughs> like, man, he 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 did not play around. Um, but just, oh, it's a great movie, great book. I recommend it to both people. And then on Amazon Prime, that led me to find um, an album review I was watching on ACDC's Highway to Hell. Mm. And they were breaking that down. You know, because that's Bon Scott's last album, and they're going through everything. And that's the first with Mutt Lang, kind of like the trilogy of albums with Mutt Lang and the sound and all that sort of stuff. So that was a lot of fun to hear. And then, okay, so you know Angus and Malcolm are brothers, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and forgive me, I'm pretty sure it's Stevie, but the the young that has replaced Malcolm since Malcolm passed, I believe, is like one of their nephews, right? Okay. And then I found out that the first ACDC albums was produced by their older brother. Mm-hmm. Like, how many people in the Young family are there, and are they all musicians? <laughs> they just keep showing up. They like, just, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all guitar players. Like, uh-huh. like the entire family plays guitar. It's like the Von Trapp of rock and roll, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like, I had no idea about that. So that was a good time. And then this week, I got an awesome email. I couldn't be more excited. There's a new Gojira album coming out. Mm. Fortitude is releasing April 30th. It's pre-order for special vinyl, which is already sold out. There are like a thousand copies. By the time I got the email and looked at it, it was gone. I'm like, man, I ought to totally pre-order that. Um, But the first single is pretty darn awesome. It's called Born for One Thing. I was rocking that this week. And... um. 
Yeah. So, so that's been like the musical stuff. But then you're not going to believe this, Snowy. Well, so let's talk about something. So you talk about being in Winterpeg, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wasn't yeah. kidding when I said that um, there are only four states in the U.S. that didn't get snow. Mm-hmm. And mine's one of them. So that should tell you that not even snow will come to South Carolina. Like, not only did <laughs> concerts come here, nothing's coming here. Right? Uh-huh. However... We have a fantastic local comic shop called Captain's Comics. Uh, my son and I go there on a regular basis, you know, get the different books that we're reading, find new books to read, toys, all that sort of stuff. And every year they do a Comic-Con, right? They do a Comics Expo. So last year it happened right before the whole COVID shutdown. And like, you know, once the shutdown started, I like I literally told my wife, Probably once a week, I'm like, man, I am so glad that, you know, we got to go to that and that it didn't get canceled because we had all these other fun things planned that just kept getting shut down left and right, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's always in February. I'm like, oh, man, what's going to happen this year? Well, guess what? We went to it today. Hmm. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it was allowed. Like, because I mean, like, because we've had different things happening in the state and, you know, it's pretty much been left up to the to the governors and mayors and all that sort of stuff to decide what they right. want to do here, right? And, you know, we have, like, shut different things down at different times for different reasons, especially during, like, high tourist season. Um, mm-hmm. But so we actually had it. It was socially distanced. Well, not socially distanced as it could have been, but you had masks, you had hand sanitizer. Uh, there were temperature checks at the door. Like, like, you couldn't go in without getting your temperature taken. There was one way in and one way out. So mm-hmm. everybody had to come back through the front door. Everybody had to get, like, the temperature checked again, all that sort of stuff. Like, if you go out, like, it, it was it was well done, man. It was really well done. Like, I, I was still a little nervous because people were a little closer than I wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, everybody was in a mask. It, it, nobody was being a jerk. Nobody, like, it, because, you know, like, you go to a grocery store. Right. Yeah. And uh-huh. there's always somebody that has to be a jerk. Somebody has to spout off and blah, blah, blah. And, or I'm not wearing a mask. You're an idiot if you're doing this or yeah. whatever. And it's like, this you know is what? America. Yeah. It's like, without getting into that, like everybody who was there was just so damn happy to be at the comic expo. Nobody cared. <laughs> right. You know? on. They right were on. still That's cosplaying yeah. like full costumes with a mask on. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They didn't care. It was great. They still had Star Wars Day. Oh, so my son broke his um, wrist last week, like when we were recording the last show. Mm-hmm. And so he has a cast on. So we took a um, we took a marker because he's like, well, if I see Darth Vader, I want him to sign my cast. I'm like, you got it. So we <laughs> go in and he sees stormtroopers. He makes a beeline. He's like, do you think they'll sign my cast? And I went up, I asked him, I said, would you mind signing his cast? And they absolutely signed it. It was super cool. Of course. Cool. Oh, yeah. It was a blast. It was a blast, right? So, um, dude, we scored today. Um, we found all kinds of like fun Legos, tons of Godzilla stuff. Um, all right. You, of all people, will remember Famous Monsters of Filmland. Yeah. Right? It's the now defunct um, organization, right? Mm-hmm. One of the guys there bought... <laughs> bought out a portion of a buyout of like their merch. Mm. And my son and I came home with some amazing Godzilla t-shirts. Oh, 
Oh, wow. We have like famous mon- monsters of film, la- film, la- film land. There's a King Kong versus Godzilla from 1962 shirt. Um, I got one. I couldn't tell you what it says because it's all like, you know, Japanese writing. At least I think it's Japanese because I can't tell the nuances yet. So please, nobody get upset with me. I'm, I'm learning them. But mm. um, it's Godzilla, Godzilla Ghidorah, Gigan, Angerus. I think that's all the monsters, but it was fantastic. But then here's the one that got me. And I almost didn't buy this one. But it was a hoodie, right? Oh. And I definitely right. spent more money than I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Just like every convention we go to, yeah. Right, right, right. Like I definitely spent more money than I wanted to, but it was a famous monsters of Filmland, right? And it has the famous monsters logo on the front. On the back is Godzilla, but and this was the one that stopped me in my tracks. Gamera was beside Godzilla. Nice. You don't ever see those two monsters no, together no. because that's yeah, two different film companies, right? Mm-hmm. That's, and that's Star Trek and Star Wars. Exactly. And Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. exactly. Exactly. Right. So you don't see them together. And I'm like, and, and they are literally two of my favorites. Like if I wasn't talking about Godzilla as a child, I was talking about Gamera, right? Mm-hmm. Every turtle I found was called Gamera, right? <laughs> that's right. So I, I'm like, Oh my goodness. And I'm standing there. And then he said something else to me. He's like, yeah, he's like, he, he he's like, you know, the, he, these are getting really rare. And I finally, I'm like, all right, give me a second. <laughs> and, and I like, I'm like checking funds here. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm doing it. So I came home with it. So I've got that. Um, and like new t-shirts and I could not be more tickled. Like, uh, it was, they're just great looking shirts, you know? And that's what, because we looked at a few of the, like the Godzilla toys and my son was like, well, you know, do you think you want to get that one? I'm like, no, I said, honestly, I'm happier with the shirts because we're going to wear the heck out of those, you know, and we wore our Godzilla shirts today. Like I have a Godzilla 1984. He has a Mecha Godzilla from 75. And we also wore our Toho pins. Like we're kind of matching and we got more compliments today, I think, than any other time we've gone. Right on. Yeah, it was a blast. And then, okay, check this one out. So. You're a bit of a Ghostbusters fan, right? You betcha. Yeah. And if anyone wants to question that, just go to our Instagram at RadMetal666 and you will see the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man in most of Snowy's pictures, right? (laughs) You betcha. That's my little buddy. That's my little buddy, yeah. Well, I got a Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man Lego figure today, mini Lego figure. Oh, nice. Right? But for a buddy of mine, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to the show, but even if he does, you know, he can hear this. It's okay. But I bought him, um, I found this guy who was doing fake album covers, right? So he's basically doing like album art, but it's for albums that don't exist. So he had a Bride of Frankenstein album and it was like, and and he made up song titles. He made up like the back jacket, right? And I got like a Lily Munster in the Undead Orchestra, right? And it's it's like fun stuff. He has Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it says Slayer in the Slayer logo and then, it, and then it says Hellmouth awaits or something like that. <laughs> like, I was in tears. But then the best one is they had Hannibal Lecter doing a food and wine book on tape. Oh, God. <laughs> like an audio book. Nice. I'm like, I told him, like, dude, your sense of humor and mine are really gelling right now. Like, this is great, mm-hmm. right? So the one that I ended up getting my buddy was um, an audio book from the New York Public Library. 
narrated by Egon Spengler, the Tobin Spirit Guide. (laughs) I I saw it and I just, I'm like, yep, I have to get this form because like, dude, this guy and I, I we quoted Ghostbusters all the time at work. And anytime somebody would say, listen, one of us would follow up with, do you smell something? You know, like every time or like, hey, Mike, where do these stairs go? They go up, you know, (laughs) like all the time. And I'm like, I cannot wait to send this to him. And you're going to love this one. I found a bookmark with Egon Spankler on it. And the bookmark is for a book. But on the bookmark, it says print is dead. I was losing it because right because that that's when, you know, uh, Ginny is like, oh, do you read a lot? Print is dead. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, I was geeking out so hard. So hard, dude. Yeah. All right, all right. That's it, fantastic. It was, so, it was so exciting. And, you know, if anybody thinks I shouldn't have gone, uh, we're open. You know, send us, a, send us a letter. Talk to me about it. Because I can tell you I was certainly nervous to go. But at the same time, I really want to get back to some sort of sense of normalcy. You know, even if we mm-hmm. got to go in a mask. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was great to get together. It was great to be with that community again. And you could tell, like, because I think most of them, this is their first show since everything shut down last March. Right. People yeah. were so, like, the vendors were so talkative today. They were so excited just to talk to anybody. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's my metal fix this week. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So we're not, obviously nothing like that is going on up here, which is too bad because, like, our longtime listeners know like it's a family thing for us going to these comic and you know pop culture expo conventions and all that like my daughter she gets she's a cosplayer she gets done right up and she just absolutely looks amazing and all that for whatever costume she puts together and oh it's just it's it's rough it's rough it's not just not just not having any shows Okay, but it's it's everything. It's not being able to hang out with your buds like you once were able to. You know, it's it's not going to the hockey game. It's not going to the, you know, to these conventions that yeah. we love to. Like, it's really, really rough. It took away our sense of community. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's like, I think that's what had everybody at the point of breakdown. You know? Right, right, right. So I am definitely... Looking forward to that. Speaks. Speaking of which, uh, available now. Like the it's it's been posted online and all that. But um, the latest issue of Decibel of Decibel Magazine has been shipped out to subscribers, and our new buddy Mr. Sean Fraser has the cover story about one year without shows. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't I haven't had a chance to read it yet. My subscription. I don't know what's going on with your American postal system, man. But <laughs> we took out a subscription. I should be like three issues in with it with this one and I haven't got one yet. And I'm really starting to get really impatient especially when something like this happens like we just had mr fraser on he has this this awesome you know front front page story that's so relevant and all that and i just can't wait to get into it so i'm thinking what i might have to do is i don't know but maybe hit one of our bookstores with a bigger um news newsstand and yeah. see if it's even if, if, if it's available on the shelf and i'm gonna pick it up 
And then when it comes in the mail, well, I got friends here, have a disciple, you know, basically. So that's that's definitely what I'm going to do because yeah, I'm ah, this this is getting rough. This is getting rough. I I understand for some people, you know, who are introverts and all that, like this is no never mind. Right. To <laughs> do that. But for a guy like me, like, oh, this is crazy. It's like water torture for you. It is, definitely, yeah. definitely. But like I said, for my metal fix, we had this long cold snap. That really kept me in basically, you know, work, work, liquor store, home. That's basically was my life because it was just so freaking cold work, and all that. liquor store, home. <laughs> and home. That was basically it. Because that's uh, the yeah. essentials, remember. <laughs> that's right. So, But this time around, the cold snap is over. I made my way the other way the other day down to the into the music shop here just to do a little bit what I call vinyl therapy. As a bonus, radioactive metal alum and good friend of the show Jason was uh, he was working. He was opening up that day, so it's really great seeing Jason. There's the young fella. Geez, I haven't got his name yet. Okay, I was there at opening. Okay, no one else came in for the first, like, the half hour I was there. So I basically had the record shop to myself and all that. Like, that that was awesome. Okay, I grabbed a couple records. Um, Relapse Records last year did a really cool uh, re-release on vinyl and, I guess, every other format as well of the first Razor EP, Armed and Dangerous. Okay, like they for side side A was the original EP, and side two was um, the demos for said EP as well. So it's like I took one look at that, and it's like okay, I'm gonna have to grab this. Okay, awesome. Went and looked looked through the secondhand bins and all that, and I found what I believe to be the first Susie Quattro record, just simply no. called Quattro. Oh. Yeah, yeah. On vinyl, really good condition. Okay, a little, probably a couple more bucks, you know, than uh, that I probably should have spent on it. But I think it was definitely well worth it. It was her biggest record, you know, with Devil's Gate Drive and the Wild One and this Hirsch version of Hit the Road Jack and all that. I think that was, yeah, the debut record in 74. So I grabbed that as well the 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 ironic thing about that though is the next day okay i get up i hit my emails and all that and the new quattro single the devil in me for her new record coming out next month came across my desk as Rock well on yeah man what a week <laughs> so it definitely was yeah yeah between this this record the newest single Last week we spoke about the documentary and all that. It's just yeah, a lot of, a lot of awesome stuff with that. I'm once again becoming a huge uh, Quattro fan. And just earlier today, as I'm kind of pissing around on iTunes, oh shit, I totally forgot that I had bought, you know, singly 
her cover version of Neil Young's Rockin' in the Free World. Rock on, dude. As well, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you really had quite the quite the week here, man. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to uh it's going to continue here as well. While I'm hanging out in the record shop with Jace, you know, and they got some music going on, you know, over the over the PA and I'm checking out. We're kind of chatting and all that. Well, I started hearing they put this really cool album on, and I'm hearing these, you know, these cool Exodus Anthrax type riffs. Okay, well, this is pretty cool. It's probably something I should know, but I can't quite place it. Really, really cool old school thrash, and then the lyrics start kind of kicking in, and it's starting to sound like something MOD or SOD would would do, and I'm really getting in this. And so I say to the guys. Okay, this is where I embarrass myself and say, because I'm about to say, who is this? I have a feeling that I should know this. Okay, because it sounds, you know, something like was right up my alley, even like 30, 30 years ago. And Jason's cohort, he picks up the CD and he goes, it's the Mr. Bungle album from last year. Oh, no way! And I'm like, really i did the same <laughs> i did the same thing my eyes lit up i had this stunned look on my face i was like no way right then when they saw my reaction their faces lit up they got all excited they're like yeah it's the new mr bungle and all that I'm, I'm just like okay i don't was never a big fan of mr bungle and all that but they haven't put out a record in like more than 20 years and from what I remember of them, they were kind of like a more like a like because it's Mike Patton's. It was Mike Patton's side project from Faith No More. Right. And from I, I don't really remember too much of how they sounded. But in my head, like I was thinking more something more along the lines of, you know, that 90s hard alternative and all that. Well, no, this is sounding like a cross between Anthrax and S.O.D., well, I believe didn't um, Scotty and Planet. I was just about to say, yeah, they showed me this this record, and on the hype sticker it said featuring Dave Lombardo, featuring Scotty and right. Oh my goodness! Yeah. That's right. I Dave had no Lombardo. idea. This, I had no idea that the Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny demo came out last year. <laughs> I think this record was fucking amazing. But I think they only had the one copy, and they were playing it and digging it, so I didn't want to buy it and take it away from it and all that. But yeah, definitely the new the new ish, Mister Bungle record is on the top of my list. You know, you just don't get that from a download. You don't get that from Spotify. You know, because every time every time I'm in the record shop. You know, I'm always striking up a conversation, you know, with the with 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 the employees. And it's just, you know, when you're a musical connoisseur and you are around other musical connoisseurs and all that, it's just it's it's an absolute amazing feeling. Absolutely fantastic. You, yeah, I'm totally with you. You get to connect. It's just like going to the comic shop, finding a new book there oh, yeah. versus finding it online. Sure. Like because you're having the conversation like, oh, have you seen the art? Oh, the story. And you're going back and forth. You don't have that when you get it from like Amazon Books or whatever, you know, or the Marvel Digital app. I'm so with you, man. 
Right on, right on. Yeah. So I was actually thinking earlier today, because it's it's Saturday as we speak, pull the curtain back a bit. I was actually thinking about making my way back out into the the world to uh, maybe hit some record shops again and go find the new disciple and all of that. But I think that's going to have to uh, wait at least for a couple more days. I started watching season five of Supergirl. I don't know if you're familiar with that series at all. But what season are they up to? Because I, I I felt like I was caught up. And when he says five, I'm like, is it already five? Did I miss one? I, I don't know what the actual season on TV is because I don't, outside of sports and wrestling, I don't really watch TV, TV at the point because of, of doing this show, you know, being so busy with the show and my work hours and all that. I can't be in front of the idiot box, you know, when you're supposed to be to watch first run shows. So I'm kind You're of stuck a perfect with candidate all for a VCR. <laughs> we'll get you one in yeah. Betamax. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, we were the last people in the world. Okay. To get a VCR. And it was a beta as well. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget the day. That my dad, landed my, my, <laughs> my dad showed up and he was so excited. He got this new toy. And my brother and I knew the difference between VHS and beta and all that. And he was all excited. And we took one look that it was beta and we just, uh, that great. Yeah. But we, we knew because like, <laughs> beta was on its way out already and all, and all that. But yeah, definitely. I got to invest in the, what is it now? A DVR. DVR. Yeah. I got to see, this is what, it's just not my thing. Okay, so anyways. But anyway, season five. Yeah, season five if Supergirl is up on Netflix. Okay, so right on. You know, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, gonna to get catch, caught up with at least wherever we are with this season. Very first sequence. Very first episode. Supergirl is off doing Supergirl type things. <laughs> to, twist, to Twisted Sisters, we're not going to take it. Ah. <sighs> Okay, it's, there's it's, no way it. I've seen this then. Because I would have said that, like, last year. Like, Probably, yeah. I can't even remember the last time I've watched, like, any of the DC TV shows. Now that you're saying this, I'm like, when was the last time I watched one? I, I literally don't remember. Okay, well, there's some incentive. Yeah. I love, I love when metal appears out of nowhere. When oh, yeah. you think where there's where you think there's not supposed to be metal, but then it, there it is. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to drop that. And I love Supergirl. She's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. And finally, get on with some tunes here. I got some cool records coming across my desk. Available now from Carbonized Record is the debut record from Socioclast. Current and ex-members of Dead Pressure and, and Mortuous. Of course, we just had Chad Gailey from Mortuous on recently as well. Really cool um, record. Good, good, solid grind. Was really digging that. And as well across my desk and available now, the debut record from New York Death Grinders, Gravesend. Very first record, the first release of the new year from from Twenty Bucks Spin, 
as well. Their record methods of human disposable disposal available now is cranking that is some really cool stuff. But we'll let the music do the talking for those particular releases. But before we do get into that, how about let's get into a track from that Razor Armed and Dangerous re-release record. How about you know what let's let's go with the anthem dude let's go with fast and loud
means like she's up here under that line of blue basin and then got cracked. <laughs> a socioclass record that was archaic remnants and before that that had to drop a track from that new grave send from the methods of human disposal check that shit out really good stuff um available now all of these records are available now what is also available now is this wicked new band their latest record and i actually believe we already kind of gave a taste of this record a couple episodes ago when the debut record from terminal bliss brute errata dropped from relapse records some really cool stuff kind of really caught my attention and when the opportunity to sit down and push this band further came across my desk, I had to jump all over it. And especially when you start, okay, when you have a new band that you haven't, okay, yeah, you're kind of familiar with and all that. But then when you start digging deeper, and it's like, oh, shit, I didn't know about I didn't know about that. Oh, wow, this is fantastic. Oh, the drummer is in that band as well. And oh, shit, look, that guy. Oh, my God, this is great. Oh, I can't wait to talk to Mr. Mike Taylor now, the guitarist for one Terminal 
Bliss, that new record, Brute Errata, which that was definitely a question that I had to ask him about right away. It's like, well, this is a bizarre title. Like, what's up with that, dude? <laughs> so he was more than happy to explain everything. So I sat down, had a fantastic chat with Mr. Taylor to get us there how about we drop another track from said record this is my chat with mr mike taylor from terminal bliss and this is eight billion people reported missing First and foremost, like especially the last year, I've been asking all of my subjects with everything that's going on in the world. It's and it seems like such an such such an average question, but right now it really isn't. When I say, "How are you doing?" Right. Now. Yeah, I mean, it used to be a pretty <clears throat> average question um, with average answers, but uh, you know. Um, I'm personally doing all right myself. Um, I do work in the reg, uh, restaurant industry and the service industry, but um, I'm a chef, so I've been fortunate enough to um, been working the whole time, and, and I've had work, um, which I'm appreciative of. But uh, I know there's a lot of folks out there who have been struggling, you know, it's like, and especially actually in that particular industry, um, there's a lot of folks who who've lost their jobs and such, and it's just hard work to maintain mm-hmm. during such a crazy time. And you know, not to mention, uh, you know, the social climate has been terrible for you know, um, well, for for eons. But yeah, it's 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 come to to a brim in the last year in 2020. It's been pretty crazy, and you know, um, trying to reconcile everything that's happened you just have to pinch yourself every every it seemed there for a minute every every one one or two weeks something new would happen and you're just like i can't believe i'm seeing this mm-hmm. yeah yeah well i'm glad you know things are kind of working out for you as best they can but here's some good stuff going on yeah. The uh, debut full-lengther for Terminal Bliss drops February 26th. Brute Air Ada Ada. Okay, please uh, correct brute, me on how to pronounce that. <laughs> it's uh, Brute Arada. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Now, what's kind of the rhyme and reason and the idea behind that? Um, Chris would be the perfect person to talk to about this, but this particular the the album title essentially means like errata is like a 
a complete error error and it has to do with um it's something currently out there with in the the internet world and technology um yeah I, this is where I really wish chris could could find oh, okay. because he'd be he'd be much better but it All is right. um it does have to do with like essentially um technology and where our limits meet um where our limits essentially meet where they meet and they clash you know like at one point does uh technology or what point do we end and technology takes over and how you decipher the two and how they're kind of just being sewn into each other and and such Mm -hmm. Like how I rib people I know about how their phone is always in their hands. Sure. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like, you know, think of the home shopping network years ago. They were on to something. So right. like, go ahead and give the viewers shopping pleasure from home. This is mm-hmm. before, before the Internet. Right. Right, right. All right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Fantastic. Okay, because the first time I saw that, and like, I'm technologically challenged, shall we say, and I took one look at that and it's like, okay, there's a story behind that name. So I'm going to learn something with this interview. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, uh, Chris, Chris, he's, you know, Chris has written the lyrics and he titled the record. So he'd be a good, he's my brother. He'd be the, and the singer, he'd be the good person to talk to you about that particular thing. Um, but we are trying to put it, you know, it is, it definitely he definitely put some thought into it as far as the uh, what it means for for us and how it uh, reflects the band. But I do think it's pretty interesting. You, you could probably do a whole show actually on him going off about it. I'm sure of it. No, no, no. no. Well, that's good. No, I always like that <laughs> in a, in a subject. But what you can share with us is perhaps people are just learning about ter- ter- terminal bliss right now with this with with this chat maybe you can describe give your musical vibe as to what terminal bliss is um uh let me see i don't know it's funny yeah we're starting to see some of the reviews coming back and and the band in particular really loves um that people just keep throwing in power tools into the mix like uh like a, a belt sander or a, a shopping cart full of power tools being tossed down the stairs or head head fuck chaos is one I've heard, but it's it's basically really it's really noised out punk rock. I mean, you know, we were definitely when we got together just wanted to play some straightforward punk rock. All of, you know, all of us just kind of didn't been wanting to do it for a long time and then definitely wanted to push it into the red and make it as as noisy as possible and um yeah, I think we've succeeded, like, listening back. When we first worked on it, we um, we heard it back. We were loving it, but, I mean, actually, Adam was push, had a director's result and pushing it into the red because he's very into a lot of – he's just lying to a lot of noise-driven stuff, and he, he did a lot of post-production in that – on this record to kind of push it more towards – because we all really like the really gnarly stuff, the, that grindcore, like – just nasty tones that don't sound good and static and feedback and everything. We're really into like the noise aspects of punk rock. So we definitely really did want to push it um, 
push it out into into the red as much as we could. So hopefully it's doing that. It seems like it is. Oh, for sure, for sure. I've given it a couple spins already. I'm digging it. Nice, thank you, man. You the you you began recording though this record like six weeks after you first formed like that's 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 pretty good turnover. <laughs> yeah, well we just uh, essentially we wrote the songs really quick. You know they're only about you know anywhere from forty seconds to a minute anyways. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really easy to do really quick because we all had a a pretty instant connection with each other. I mean, me and Chris, obviously, have been playing together for a long time. And then Adam and Ryan, you know, they're both life lifers and been playing music forever as well. Um, I, this is the first incarnation where I think, like, all of us are playing together, Chris and I, and I don't, I don't know if... Yeah, Adam and Ryan did play together in City Caterpillar for a little while before... Um, before a, a lineup change. So they have played together for, before, and Chris and I have played together before. So the songs did happen pretty quick when we got there, and then we were just like, we want to, we just want to take it to, um, you know, we, good friends with Matt, who does No Man uh, Majority Role, and we're like, uh, he always offered it up, like, come demo. So we we essentially thought of it as a demo, and we just wanted to share it with people and see who liked it. We didn't at all think that we were going to be able, you know, we were like kind of giving like maybe we can do two seven inches out of this. Um, and then, yeah, as, as it were, we were fortunate enough to grab Relapse's attention and, and they loved it. So, again, right. you know, right. speaking of pinching yourself, we're like, man, this is crazy. Relapse <laughs> likes this. this is awesome. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. It's written here. here as <laughs> That was going to be my next question. How um, did everything happen with relapse like wow that's fantastic yeah i mean well when we got together you know we're, again we're thinking like this is kind of like punk and we just like don't know if like it's like a straightforward punk band as noisy as it is falls into like the relapse realm but yeah i have been kind of paying attention to what they've been doing over the last few years and they've been putting out a, a whole slew of eclectic stuff from like you know like really pretty drone ambient stuff to noise rock and i believe they did zeke and cherub so they've done like a lot of unique stuff recently you know as far as like them stepping outside of their boundaries so it just hadn't occurred but ryan after practice one time is like i mean you know we're all just sitting here talking like i mean i would even send it to relapse if you guys are down we're like huh yeah thinking there's no way relapse would like it but i mean so he you know ryan has you know worked with relapse um he's been on a few bands that have worked with relapse so he sent it in and and um, they really liked it a lot, and came at, came and asked us about it. And, you know, asked if they we would want to release it. Yeah, I mean, we were just like, yeah, of course, this would be crazy. I mean, we sent it out to a, or we were in the process of getting it together and just sending it to people. But the first people we heard back from were relapse, and that kind of floored us right off the bat. So, you know, we we're like, oh yeah, I mean. I've ne- I've mostly worked. Me and my brother mostly worked with like folks we know really well or have grown up with, or just like smaller labels that are kind of getting bigger. And so for us, and I know Adam in particular as well, the three of us, we've just never been on a bigger label like that. So we were like, yeah, I mean, we would love to do this. So the, the, the resources that Relapse have and how 
good of a job they've done for 30, 30 some years is is impressive. They've just, you know, they've kept it real, you know, for 30 Definitely. years, and we love that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's an honor to be, be on that oh, level. For sure, for sure. This would probably be a very different show without relapse. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah. When you say Ryan, that's as in your drummer, Ryan Parrish, who our listeners would probably know most from Iron Reagan. Um, how did you hook up with him? Have you known him a while before everything all happened? Uh, yeah, yeah, Ryan, who plays, yeah, he he plays with um, Iron Reagan. And, yeah, we've known him for, for a long time. We met ages ago at a house show in Richmond. My first experience with Ryan is uh, Page 99 and Pig Destroyer played in a house show in Richmond, a basement show, I believe. And <laughs> this was ages ago in the late 90s. And we played with Ryan's metal band at the time called Disinterment. And they were incredibly impressionable that night. That they, they had turned off all the all the lights. I mean, it sounds like kind of cheesy now. I was just talking to Ryan about this the other day because I hadn't heard their recorded material. So he played me some of it. I was like, oh, man, it's great to finally hear what that band is because in my memory, there's like an extremely heavy metal band, not heavy metal, but they were met this intense metal band that played with the, in the complete darkness and all you could see is the lights the glow from the lights on their amps. And I just remember thinking it was really impressionable because it's really tight, it's real hot, and everybody's shoved in there, and you just can't. It's really claustrophobic. You can't even see. And then there's this intense uh, cacophony of, like, metal <laughs> being played. But that's the first time um, we met Ryan. And then he did City. He played, and he still plays in City at Caterpillar, um, which Page 99 did tons of touring with. And we just – so we've known Ryan – and I know Adam has known Ryan just as long as us, if not longer. So we've all known each other for probably 20-plus years, wow. I would say. Yeah, I would say we definitely, you know, in the late 90s we all met, and we've been friends since. I mean, we've all, I think, tried to play together over the years. It just never, never really happened until now, oddly enough. I get the feeling that the Richmond scene is pretty tight-knit because it's not like a major market, but it's big enough that there would be lots of great, great musicians, but small, small enough that, you know, that you can all be buds. Yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very tight knit community, um, musically thriving, uh, community. And it has been for years. Again, that's funny because we were just kind of talking about this the other day after practice, but, um, so, Chris, I'm the only one who doesn't live in Richmond, but Chris, Ryan, and Adam all live in Richmond. And uh, Ryan grew up in Richmond, and Chris has lived there several times over the years. And then Adam moved there at one point, and he did some moving around and ended up back in Richmond. So in all these years, um, there has been a, a hotbed of just heavy music, especially recently. And it, and it came to my attention that there was a lot of relapse bands from Richmond, like, you know, Brain Tentacles and Iron Reagan and Municipal Waste and Cough and Enter Arma, just a, a pile of bands that I did not realize were were from Richmond or had, were on Relapse, even, to be honest with you. But, yeah, it's always been very active. Mm-hmm. That just shows the strength of the scene, for sure. 
Sure. Yeah, I mean, wow. over the years when clubs come, you know, like there had been one, you know, Twisters was there forever, and it changed names over the years. Um, and that recently closed maybe a year or two ago, and I know it, it, it ended up closing as Strange Matter, but it was a, a hot, again, a hotbed for, like, really good shows there. For, I mean, I remember seeing one of the best shows I can recall seeing there in particular was, Neurosis on the Through Silver and Blood tour, um, and I believe uh, Cole Less had opened up for him. So it was just, I mean, you know, and it was such a small stage. So it's a small city, and places come and go quite often in the Richmond scene, um, house shows, uh, venues, bars, but there, the music always finds a way there. I've always noticed that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've heard nothing like... I'm in the middle of Canada, right? So I've never been anywhere near Virginia, but yeah, I've heard nothing but just fantastic stuff over over the years about your area. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, yeah, um, no, it's cool. Yeah, right on. You mentioned that you have a you like your Clark Kent job. You're a cook. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what uh, do Okay, so obviously you work with what I call normies, like non-metalheads, non-punks, non-goths, non-skaters. Yeah, it's pretty normie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do any of them know Terminal Bliss or any of your bands, any of your coworkers, and what's their reaction of it? That's a really funny question (laughs) because, I mean, I I like that question because over the years I've worked several, you know, I've been in the, I've been a cook or in some capacity in a kitchen for 20 plus years. It's the, it's the damnation of any, uh, uh, life punker or musician because, you know, all they can do between tours is get in and out of restaurants or something. (laughs) But I mean, uh, so like I've worked at a lot of just kind of pretty normal places. I even cooked at a preschool. I was a preschool cook for like a decade before, (laughs) before years of restaurant management and stuff. But um, okay. I, I honestly try to keep it really quiet and don't tell anybody. People do find out. I'm like, well, you know, but when I get a job, I'm like, well, you know, just so you know, I, I really, I'm really into music. It's kind of, it's my passion. Um, occasionally a band I'm in will go out on tour for a period of time, and it's important to me, and I just want to know right off the bat if it's something that will work. And usually in every case, um, I've been fortunate enough to, to have people think it was cool and, and, you know, let me do, you know, kind of go in and out on tour. Um, but occasionally I meet people who like the band and then I, I just don't, <laughs> for the most part, like, uh, my, um, head chef at the job I'm at now was really pushing for me to share it. And I just didn't, <laughs> I mostly am like, you won't, you won't like it. Trust me. You're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've been in even more, ear friendly bands than this one. I was like, you're about to hear the, you know, I, I'm, I hesitate to share maybe the most extreme noisy band I've ever been. I'm like, well, there you go. There's 10 <laughs> seconds of absolute nonsense, you know, and try to understand me if you can, you know, I have mm-hmm. worked with people over the years that have been into that kind of music as well. Um, but for the most part, I keep it quiet and try, you know, it's like this dirty secret or something. I, I try not to share it with it. But then when they find out and they're like, oh, what kind of what kind of music is it? You know, is it like Metallica or like, no, not even. I mean, I can't even, it's like, it's too extreme. It's like, I can't even tell you 
I was like, do you like, you know, like Japanese noisy thrash? You know, I'm like, no. I was like, you don't even know it exists. I don't, you know, I just can't <laughs> describe it to most people, so I don't share it with most people. I that totally is a good question, though. I think that's a good question. Well, I get that all the time myself with this show. I'll have people say, who are you? Oh, you're doing an interview? Who are you talking to? Well, you've never heard of them. Well, you don't know who I know and who I've heard of and who I haven't. It's like, well, no, but I know you well enough, and I right. know this music like the back of my hand, so I can tell you that you have no idea who this <laughs> band is. Well, try me, right. okay? It's Big Destroyer. Yeah, you're right. I've never heard of them. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, especially with Pages Shore, you know, because we go back with uh, with those fellas, too. So, like, I, time and time again, when I worked at the preschool, I had a Pig Destroyer hoodie I used to go out. I can't remember which one, like, maybe the Terrifier hoodie or one of them. And I would go into, like, the Starbucks to get a drink or something like that. And they're like, oh, it's the Pig Destroyer guy or Pig Sticker guy. And they're just like, you know, like... It's just, you know, it's funny because, and then sometimes I'll say, if somebody I really like is trying to pry away, I was like, listen, I'm going to give you the name of the band, but you can go listen to it, but later, listen to it when you're at home, and then never tell me, don't talk to me about it ever. Just, you can you can listen to it on your own if you want, you can laugh about it, talk to your girlfriend about it or whoever, talk about how crazy and insane this is. And then just never tell me that you listen to it, and it'll just be an unspoken thing. <laughs> I've tried to do that bit, too. things can change in the span of 10 years when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting one thing is still guaranteed the shining wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news interviews with the greatest guests and of course tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling the show is still available on monday nights at 7 p.m east on rantdmradio.com and rant entertainment media on the TuneIn app, and it's still available on all podcasting platforms to check us out Head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. There are only three good things you need in life. 
In the interview, there's a pretty good pedigree within this band, including drummer Ryan Parrish. That was he's a, it's a number of really cool bands throughout the Richmond area. One of them being Bleach Everything. That was side A of their new seven incher. That was Bound. And before that, probably Mr. Parrish, Mr. Parrish's most well-known band at this point, one Iron Reagan from their Worse Than Dead record, going way back to the A389 recording days from their Worse Than Dead record that was Cycle of Violence. And I guess probably by now, okay, <laughs> we had, all right, we played... We've had, um, from Iron Reagan, we've had Tony Forest on a number of times, good friend of the show. Uh, we've played Iron Reagan, we've played Municipal Waste and all that. It's kind of to the point, you know, where Iron is kind of like the radioactive metal house band. Oh, heck yeah. You know, <laughs> you know at this point and all that. So, yeah, you're going to, that's always great stuff. So, like we said, the next time, you guys are in the record shop, which is hopefully you're listening to this. I guess it's the only first time it's released. It'd be Friday morning. Hopefully, you know, you're blowing off school or blowing off work. You're running to the record shop and you're going to grab the new Terminal Bliss Brute Air Auto. Great stuff. Great stuff. And while you are doing that... Well, we're going to introduce you to another wicked band in tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight.
for tonight's indie spotlight, we're going to stay up here in the Great White North because a really cool band out of Toronto, out of Tirana, out of T.O., the T-Dot, the Big Smoke, Malice Devoy. Oh, the Big Smoke? <laughs> the Big Smoke. Why is the, the Big Smoke? Ah, because it's just, it's the biggest city in Canada, I guess. And I've it never heard all that, the ever. Yeah, well, that's, that's, Toronto's the big smoke, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, Toronto is known for a number of great things, including its awesome metal, and it's going to be a matter of time before the metal world discovers one Malice Divine, their self-titled Indie release came across my desk. I gave it a spin. This is some really cool stuff. If you're into like the the death metal, the cool styles of immortal, of dissection, of stuff like that, you're going to really get behind this band. So much to the point, like, okay, Seasons of Mist, Hell's Headbangers, like yeah. get get on this band. Okay, because I I I played it. And I totally, I totally saw this band on one of those records. And when you hear it, you're going to go, fuck yeah, Snowy. This is why you should be an A&R guy, you know, at some record label. So without further ado, from that self-titled record, from Toronto's Malice Divine, this is a triumphant return. Hey, 
Facebook.com slash Malice Divine Band. And, you know, this one time on Bandcamp, malicedivine.bandcamp.com. Go out to either one of those. Check out this wicked band and you will be in full agreement with my sentiments about their assignability shell. We say so once again before we get on out here. I want to say hello and horns up to our good buddy Sky. Um, hopefully, she can join us soon enough. But if not, like we totally understand with everything that's going on with her life and all that, that's why she's not with us. But yeah, once again, it is so cool that um, everything that you and Chelsea did, the metal community, the punk community, really appreciates all of your hard work. And before we get out of here, I believe it was just yesterday, the metal world's kind of celebrated some key birthdays as well. We want to say happy birthday to one Claudio Simonetti. No from, way. Yeah, from, from from Goblin, former re, former radioactive metal alum, and of course, you know, Goblin does all those wicked seventies prog rock for you know just a multitude of awesome horror movies from back then. Suspiria, Deep Red, Demons, man, to have him on again would be absolutely fantastic. And well, he shares a birthday with one Tony Iommi as well. Wow. So. Yeah, yeah. The other day, you know, different years really graced us. The metal gods graced us with a lot of talent. Um, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, before that, I did forget to mention something else. Um, so, I have a, I have a question. What do uh -oh. the Mandalorian, um, Spy Kids? And Shark Boy and Lava Girl have in common. Okay. Um, okay, obviously this is a real nerd thing. Well, yes. So have you ever heard of Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Yes, I have. Okay. Well, that's right, because you have a daughter. So crazy movie about, like, you know, shark kids. But anyway, Robert Rodriguez right, was the director. Okay. And so Robert oh. Rodriguez, right, El Mariachi, Desperado, From right. Dusk Till Dawn, right, he's given us well, a lot of great movies, but he's mm -hmm. also done a lot of family movies like Spy Kids, Sharkborn, Lava Girl. So we sit down last night to watch movie night, right? Because I, I told you why I wanted to record tonight. And we right. watched this new movie on Netflix called We Can Be Heroes. It came out in December. Yes. And... Yeah, it's, on, it's on the list. Well... Who's in it but one Pedro Pascal, who is the Mandalorian. Right, right. Okay, right on. I had no idea. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, why does that guy seem so familiar? <laughs> and I tell you, it, it was a fun movie, man. It was a good time. Like, I, I enjoyed it. The kids enjoyed it, you know. Shark right Boy on. and Lava Girl. No, crying, I got that wrong. Yeah, Shark Boy <laughs> and Lava Girl came back, you know. And they have a daughter now. They're together. It's All pretty right. cute. Uh, their daughter's name is Guppy. Ah. And you're going to love it. Like, it's it's fun. Like, you're not going to get smarter by watching this. We're not going to cure cancer. However, there is a message. And we'll talk about the message next time. Because, like, <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't subtle either. It really wasn't. Like, 
like some people might think, oh, ha ha. Oh, that's funny. And I'm like, oh, no, that's a jab. Like that was a non-subtle message. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk after you watch it. It'll be good. But I digress. So dear listeners, drop us a line. Talk to us, whatever. Radmetal666 at gmail.com. Email us there anytime. You can check us out on the social media. Facebook.com slash radmetal. Check us out on Instagram. See Snowy Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man with all his records. <laughs> at radmetal666. You can hear us first every Thursday night. PureRockRadio.net. But if you don't catch us there, fear not. Because every Friday, we're up on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on all sorts of other podcast aggregators. And we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. ShiningWizardsNetwork.com And because of them, you can also find us on Spotify. So if you check out the Shining Wizards Network on Spotify... You'll find our podcast there as well. We are all over the internet. And of course, dear listeners, let's say that this pandemic has just made you nostalgic. You're missing the days of old. You're missing that human communication that's not so instant. You'd like to write a letter. Fear not. We've got you covered. Any of those ways that we said to get a hold of us before, drop us a line, give us your address, we'll get it to the snowman. You and Snowy can become pen pals, and you can mm-hmm. write snail mail letters. Now, we have already seen that Disciple is like three months behind in Canada. So, <laughs> at least in my mailbox. So I don't know if, about the rest of the world. If you start mailing it today, with any luck, you'll get the first letter by next year this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, like really, like, yeah. All right, it's 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 getting frustrating. It's getting frustrating, and this isn't a this isn't a jab at Mister Frazier. It's not a jab at Disciple. It's just it's just the way of the world right now. It's dude. It's the it's the postal service, man. Like I I don't know what's how it's been going in Canada, but like our postal service, it's just been like caution to the wind. Like some mm-hmm. days you could set your watch by them. Other days, they can't even close my mailbox. Like, literally, they throw the mail in and just leave it open. And technically, (laughs) or typically, rather, it's normally raining hard those days. So, like, you know, I always joke with my wife. I'm like, we must have the hardest mailbox on the street to close. They never close it. Never close it. Yeah. Yeah. So hard. Right on. Right on. Alright, to get us on out of here, let's go with a track from the new uh, record from uh, Ominous Ruin Admits the Voices that Echo in Stone, courtesy of the good folks at Willow Tip. Dude, I don't think we've played anything from Willow Tip in a while. We're going to rectify that right now with the track Ritual. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Okay, I, I I tried to be cute, you yeah. know, and, and called it a blissful episode a, a blissful and all that. But once once we start ranting and raving and yelling and screaming and styling and profiling, I don't know how blissful it is. But this has been a blissful episode of Radioactive Metal. Uh, I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off. <laughs>